Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Hi, Vili. Road to Growth listeners. Today I have Noresh Visa. Did I say Visa? Is that right? Right, Visa? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Noresh I, I, I just asked you like two seconds ago. And, it's a tough uh, name. Before, huh? It's a tough name. Oh, my, shoot, my given name is really tough. My given name is Vicente Enriquez. That's why I go by Vinny. It makes life so much easier. Vicente Enriquez? Yeah, that's actually, there you go. See? Yeah. Both doing good. Uh, so you're the founder and CEO of Krish uh, Media and Marketing. Kind of walk us through a little bit about your your platform. Yeah, well, I started Krish Media and Marketing almost eight years ago, actually eight and a half years ago, 2013, after I left my full-time corporate job, or it was at the time a, a small business. Now they're a publicly traded corporation. But uh, like I said, we're eight and a half years strong. It's Krish Media Marketing. It's an online and digital marketing agency. We do anything and everything online and digital related from web design, web development, logos, to pay-per-click, social media advertising, podcast production, ebook publishing, affiliate marketing. I could just go on and on and on. Of course, I don't do this all myself. When I got started in 2013, I only offered maybe three or four services. It started out with heavy, heavy affiliate marketing and podcast production. And then as I built up the clientele, they asked for more services. And instead of referring them to other people or saying, hey, I don't do that, I hired people and said, we do that. And so that's how I was able to grow the company and stay in business for this long. No. <clears throat> Being that more things have gone online, it's easier to digitally get in contact with someone. I mean, before COVID, I was doing all my interviews in person. And now I do all my interviews through StreamYard, right? How does that affect your business uh, with, yeah, how does that affect your business? Well, the to be quite frank, it actually hurts my business because... Yeah. I was uh, not a first mover. You could call me a first mover in, in the podcasting space and the online and digital space. What COVID did, like you said, it forced people to go digital. So a lot of these brick and mortar jobs, these people who had jobs where you had to go in person somewhere, what did they do when they lost their jobs or when they were furloughed? They were forced to lock down at home. I think you're in California. You guys were locked down forever. So they were yep. forced to lock down. And many of them learned online and digital marketing because you go on amazon.com, you can get access to my book, 50 Shades of Marketing, which teaches you everything you need to know about online and digital marketing. You can go to YouTube, you can go to Google, and the answers are all right there, free newsletters, free podcasts, paid courses. There's all sorts of information, valuable resources available. So um, I don't wanna say that, that I don't embrace this though. I knew this was coming and that's why I prepared myself, prepared my company so that when the rest of the world catches up to online and digital, we still can stay in business and we still have our good stable staple of, of clientele and, and we can grow uh, as well. And how do I grow? I do interviews like this. I have good search engine optimization uh, where me personally, uh, I, I speak publicly, not just digitally but you know i might speak at some conferences i might do some networking events um of course our website krish k-r-i-s-h mediamarketing.com we get a good amount of traffic there that just helps publicize who we are and what we do and what services we offer so that's that's one key topic uh that, that i started with it's 
it's yes, we, we have been affected by the pandemic, but um, sometimes negatively being affected is, is a good thing because it keeps you on your toes and it forces you to innovate. So on top of Krish Media Marketing in 2017, because I knew, like I said earlier, I knew that there was going to be some kind of recession and I would be forced to ideate. I would be forced to pivot, so to say. So that's when I started learning more about real estate investing through a client of ours at Krish Media Marketing. And I learned about real estate investing. And I know you're real estate, uh, big in the real estate in industry. So I started a company called Krish Capital, which invests in single family real estate around the country. And I also help coach people, coach them to invest in real estate, like how I do, how I'm able to sit at home in Tampa, Florida, where I live and own right, right now, I own over a million dollars worth of uh, real estate. And I'm able to own that real estate, rent out my properties, manage them, etc. from my laptop in, in Tampa Bay while being a full time stay at home dad as well. So you've transitioned your Chris media and marketing to more in the real estate field. Is that to prospect or is it two separate businesses? Then? Yeah, it's two. So there's Chris Capital LLC, which is a completely different business. There's okay. no cross promotion. Krish uh, okay. Media Marketing is still up, running on its own. And then I started Krish Capital. Like I said, I met that or we did years of work for a real estate client. And that's where I learned about real estate investing and specifically in single family homes. So I said, this looks pretty easy and, and like not a lot of work. <laughs> and so I jumped into it in 2017. And it's, it's one of those things where I think regardless of what your job is, you should learn stock investing stock investing, real estate investing, because if, if you just have the basics down and you understand the system and the processes of how stock market works, how stock work, stocks work and how real estate works, you just put a little bit of work up front. And then after that, you could, it's basically on autopilot. It's automated to the point where I now spend only about 30 minutes a month managing my real estate business. If you include the coaching side, that requires a little more work because it, it requires conversations, uh, you know, video chats, phone phone conversations, but that's just a couple of hours extra and it's, it's definitely worth it. Okay. Let me get it straight. So Chris media, right. Yep. Is the way you're going to get in front of, I guess, people coming to the social media platform is just get your name bigger and bigger, right? That's the idea behind it. Correct. Yeah. I wouldn't say social media platform. Uh, we actually don't use social that much to, to drive business. Like I said, I do a lot of these interviews. We have a referral program. So we pay our existing clients referral fees. If they refer their clients because some of our clients have tens of thousands of clients themselves. We work with medium sized businesses, corporations, large companies, small businesses, individuals. So uh, that's how we bring in more business. Okay. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I understand that. And, and yes, you might be repeating yourself. And I'm just trying to get to the, the nitty of it because you're talking about that your business has been affected by this. But to to go against that, is the idea that you want to get your your brand bigger so a bigger brand you're going to have more validity when you speak you can still charge a price and they're not going to go to the one-off people or the people they can find online or fiverr um those kind of platforms correct yep that's that's correct and you you bring up a platform like fiverr look i'm a huge fan of upwork.com fiverr.com in fact if you're getting started like i said i started in 2013 and i started with Actually, it was a side business while I was working full time. So when I left my full time job, I already had a good, really good cash flow coming in. In fact, within two months, I, it's like I gave myself a 20% raise. But 
in order, most people, they don't start like that. They either, maybe they leave their job because they don't like their job and they say, I just want to do something on my own, or they are forced to leave their job, which is not so much a case right now in today's economy. It was last year in, in March, 2020, but they're starting with nothing. And so these platforms like Fiverr and Upwork, they're good places where you can just start and develop your clientele from there. Yeah, you have to give away a percentage of your fees to those platforms, but it's it's worth it. And then you can build your brand that way. But being in business for eight and a half years, I, I've built my brand. I've, I've somewhat paid my dues. Okay. No, I, I understand. I, I was trying to get to the idea behind it because you, you brought up that you're getting on podcasts, getting out there, and then you kind of veered away to the idea that you got into real estate. So is it this company right here is just keep growing the brand, right? While you, it allows you the freedom to get into uh, uh, to the real estate avenue of it all, correct? Well, what I say is Krish Media and Marketing, that's my primary day-to-day -day, day -day business. That That's what I'm spending my time on. That's what I consider to be my bread and butter. The real estate stuff, it, it just kind of slipped my desk because uh, I happen to have some money in the bank and I learned about inflation and I learned about learned more about leverage and getting your money to work for you. So that, that's why I said, even if you have a full-time job, real estate investing is something that everyone should do. Uh, at, at least when I got started in 2017, 2018, the market's a little bit different now, but I think in another two years or so, it's going to become more investor friendly. Um, and so I just didn't want my cash sitting in a bank, losing value to inflation or not working for me. And that's why I brought up real estate stock market. And it just turns out because initially when I was doing the real estate thing, I said, I'm just doing this to preserve my wealth, just like a person would preserve their wealth through buying gold, for example. And now four years later, the values of my properties have, have gone up so much and the cash flow or the rents have gone up. I've been able to charge a, a decent amount more in, in, in rent. And then the coaching, I mean, the coaching just happened by chance because people saw what I was doing, like my friends, family, and they were like, hey, can you help me out with this? And I figured out a, a system to where I could help them out. I could coach them and still make money um, on the back end without charging them anything. Um, so so it was it, that was, again, like a side a side hobby, just like Krish Media and Marketing when I was full-time. The real estate thing is, is like a side hobby where now I think in another three to four years, it could end up overtaking Krish Media and Marketing as my primary uh, focus. We'll see. Okay. You can definitely tell that you 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 do a lot of these. I think you have your script that you're kind of going off of because like some of the stuff that you're kind of veering towards is basically stuff that we never really kind of brought up, but it's like, you're leaning towards those kind of conversations. Um, so now I can definitely, I can definitely tell that as we kind of talk that you have kind of points that you kind of want to kind of bring up and everything. Is it, are, so the whole goal for all these different platforms is for you to be a figurehead and then you can have like sub businesses underneath you as the figurehead, correct? Is that what I'm kind of taking away? Yeah, well, the, it's just two business. So it's Krish Media Marketing, Krish Capital. And who knows, 10 years down the road, or five years down the road, it could be some other thing that crosses yeah, my yeah. desk, like I say, and I say, hey, let's go ahead and, and and give this a shot. But the idea is to, in everything that I do, you wanna make things profitable and you wanna make it worth your time. So um, I'm able to, 
I've, I've systematized and automated Christian media and marketing in such a way where, like I said, we have our clientele and we have many on retainer and we're able to do good work, produce quality results. And it's a lifestyle business. Look, it's not a, a digital marketing agency. Like I brought up earlier, it's extremely competitive now. I'm not trying to become the next Ogilvy. And I gave up on becoming the next Ogilvy maybe four or five years ago simply because uh, there's only one Ogilvy and it, it's easier. The, the barrier to entry is now so, so thin, so short. So I know I'm not going to become the next Ogilvy and it's not a scalable business. Whereas on the real estate side, even though it started out as a side thing, that's scalable. You can keep buying more properties. You can keep, uh, you know, I, I hire people to do like 90, 8% of the work, whether it's the financials, the accounting, the property management. Um, so it's so, so yeah, I just if I have time, and if I see an opportunity, why not jump on it? So before you got into building your business right now, the first business, you're working for a corporation, right? Or company I would call it a medium sized business. Okay. Yeah what what pushed you to, to leave that business and start your own platform? So uh, we should actually go before I even worked at that company. I worked at a large corporation. It was a big Wall Street bank, one of the largest. I mean, it's household name. In fact, you probably have an account with them. So I worked on Wall Street and that was my first introduction into like the corporate world where at the time the company employed close to 200,000 employees and you truly felt like you were just a, a number. Uh, you were just somebody who they hired and you collected a, a steady paycheck. And I was young at the time and I said, this, this is not for me. Um, I was a, a financial analyst in the middle office uh, and then switched over into equity analysis, which goes into the stock stuff, the real estate stuff that I do now. But then I said, I wanna go work at a smaller company. And so I, I found like my dream job, it was at a financial media company uh, which was heavy into utilizing technology to transform their marketing. And, and I ran their online podcasting. This was back when pod, before podcasting was a thing. It was just AM, FM, terrestrial radio. So uh, because of my media background um, before working on Wall Street and my background on, on Wall Street, they, they were looking for a financial media person to run this division. And it, like I said, it was a, a medium-sized business, maybe 200 employees worldwide. And their main offices in Maryland, maybe 60 or 70 employees. And I, I actually loved it a lot. I got, I loved it a lot because I didn't feel like a number anymore. And I had a lot of autonomy. I was a director of, of a division. Um, they treated me really, really well. Um, worked there for a few years. And then um, as I started, I guess, moving on up, um, I realized that I could do most of this stuff on my own, as far as the basic principles of lead generation, online marketing. I didn't know any of this stuff before I worked at the company that they basically taught me all of that stuff while I was there. And, and so not only was I trying to execute my job and do my job, but I was also trying to just soak up as much as I could learn as much as I as, as I could get mentors within the company. And then uh, when one of the things that I hated about the corporate world are the office politics. You just can't, especially the higher up you go, the, the more political it becomes. And so um, I, I felt like I 
my side business that I talked about earlier was picking up steam. And I talked to some potential clients who worked with the company I was working at. And I said, Hey, if I go out, start my own thing, would you be interested in, in some of my services? And they said, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, left the company and, uh, started Christian media and marketing. What was your marketing background before? Was it college or what were you said? You had a marketing background uh, before media. you got into corporate. Yeah. So media, uh, I, I went to college. One of my degrees was in broadcast and digital journalism. Uh, did a lot of reporting work, TV, radio, print, in front of the camera, behind the camera, editor, producer, director, even uh, had worked for CNN radio, picked them up as a client when I was a freelance producer. Back when they had CNN radio, they sold them all to Clear Channel Communications. So I worked with Clear Channel Communications as well. Uh, that was a, just a, a passion of mine. I learned a lot, a lot, just a ton of great skills when it comes to communication and media when you, so i you said that you talked to some of the clients that they had the the company right before you left and said hey if i left would you sign up with me and things like that when did you know and was there a a level of people that you talked to or when, when was that confidence strong enough that allowed you to transition from that company to starting your own company well, first off, I was fortunate that my position allowed me access to decision makers. I wasn't working with coordinators or lower level managers. I was working with the in that industry. It was the publishers, the CEOs, the COOs, the directors of marketing. And, and so that's what gave me the vote of confidence when they, you know, we'd go out to lunch, we'd go to conferences together and they would show a, a lot of support. In fact, many of them wanted to hire me away from the job that I had at the time. Uh, many of them just wanted to meet up with me for lunch because these competitors, we all worked in the same neighborhood. It's it's kind of it's it was kind of like Silicon Valley of Baltimore, like literally the same neighborhood. I, I could just walk across the street and meet with a competitor. And it was actually encouraged that people do that, that they go out to lunch and, you know, just learn more about other people's businesses and, and all that. We were more frenemies than we were competitors or, or enemies. So uh, after just kind of gaining that experience and building up my, my division as well, we were doing over $100,000, six figures in monthly revenue through paid subscriptions, through cross-selling, cross-promotion, and uh, through advertising. So after I, I, I built myself up, built that division up, I had the confidence to, to leave. But even after I left, I should say, I didn't get that real confidence until about two months in when I picked up two or three big contracts and I knew I was like, all right, I'm good now for, for the next year for sure. And then other people started telling me, they said, Hey, you know, once you pick up those big contracts, just keep at it because more business is going to come your way. You'll be surprised. So that's, that, that gave me even more confidence when I heard that. And then I saw it, I saw it play out in front of me. Did you, in those two months before you got those big contracts, did you have any doubt that you succeed? Um, I certainly had doubts. There were times when I didn't get contracts, when interviews didn't go well or conversations didn't go well. And I'd be thinking, you know, what am I doing? But I always knew the, the, the fortunate thing was I, I always knew that I could go back because I, I lived in that same neighborhood where the previous employer was also. I knew I could just go back and get a full-time job. That, that was always an option. It didn't even have to be in that neighborhood. It could be anywhere in the country. I, I knew I had that option. So I, I wasn't concerned about failing. The other thing is I got started when I was in my mid-20s. 
I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't have a family. I was single. So you just, you're able to take more risks when you, when you have, when you're in a situation like that compared to now I have uh, a son, I'm married. I have, uh, you know, bought a house, not, I mean, now eight, eight uh, different properties, but uh, there, let's just say there's more at stake now than there was when I was in my mid twenties. Do you remember giving yourself a, a deadline or a number that if you didn't hit that, you would start looking uh, to go back uh, to some kind of uh, yeah. corporate job? Yeah. So I said one year, my, my rule generally is one year with like a new client or for any project. It's if I'm not able to show results after one year, one, you know, just throwing, if it's February 1st, 2020, February 1st, 2021, I should be able to assess, okay, is this working out? So I gave myself one year and I actually did that every year thereafter. So that was 2013 when I got started. A year after that in 2014, I said, things are going great. So let's wait until the next year. And every year after that, until I would say about 2018, um, I would just keep assessing, hey, is this something that I should keep doing or should I go back and get a full-time job? And then in 2018, I, I just knew that um, I wouldn't be able to go back to the corporates. Well, I, I wouldn't be able to go work a regular job because Christian Media Marketing was doing so well. And the amount of time I was putting into it and the, the amount of money I was making back or the amount of cash flow that, that was coming in, uh, it just, it, it, it's like a dream job that I have. What do you think has been uh, some of your bigger hurdles to kind of, uh, to go through, to fight through in building your company, building your brand? Well, we already, we, we already touched on COVID. So it's factors like that, which I know are going to have those things. It's going to have, there's going to be another similar type of event within the next 10 years. I'm, I'm not making a prediction. I just know that as a fact, because that's how the business cycle works. But the other things, uh, legal hurdles, I mean, uh, accounting hurdles. I made some mistakes early on where when you start a business, you have to file the correct paperwork. You need to do proper bookkeeping. You need to, you need to do those things. And if you don't, you know, the, the government's going to come after you. So, um, I made some mistakes on the accounting side, on the legal side. Initially, our pricing structure was, and this was just some bad advice that I got, but hey, you learn, you live and you learn. But the advice I got was you charge as much as you can, just no matter what, you just charge a ridiculous amount of money. So I said, okay, I'll do that. And what I was finding was nothing was ever good enough for, the, for many clients. Some clients are fine with it, but other clients, especially the smaller ones, nothing was ever good enough. And, and so it, it reached a point where one client, um, using my, my pricing strategy, we got into a lawsuit because they said they owed us a bunch of money and said, you know, they didn't want to pay it. And it was a bad situation because I was stuck on site at their office and they basically, without getting into too many details, uh, it was, it just turned into a really, really bad situation that turned into a lawsuit and we had to get lawyers involved and it lasted almost a year and there was a lot of going back and forth. And then we finally reached a, a settlement. So what, what I learned from that hurdle was you need to, especially if it's a project that's any project, or my rule is any project above a thousand dollars, you got to get it in writing. If, if they're not going to pay you upfront for the project, you have to get it in writing, uh, put together a contract, hire a lawyer if you have to, spend a couple of hundred dollars, put together the contract and get them to sign on the dotted line. Don't do one of these things or you just go on the internet, find some template 
fill in some blanks and send it over to them. Uh, that That's not good enough. So were these hand, handshake agreements or what were you getting signed by them or how are you starting the work? Well, there were contracts, right? So like this, th this client, it was a big contract for a project that uh, they were looking to launch this, this, this product that they've been working out for working on for a long time, a Silicon Valley company. And it was on a handshake agreement. I did what I said just now. I just went on the internet, took some template, changed the company names, changed the dates and, you know, put some numbers in and said, go ahead and sign. And it turned out that that contract would, would didn't hold up in, you know, legally, it would not have held up in court. It just didn't hold up legally because it was very ambiguous. It was very vague. And so that's why, you know, I ended up spending a fortune more on legal expenses to make sure that we got what we were owed. How, so how does that correlate to the advice you got to charge as much as you can? Because then I changed uh, my pricing strategy from because so first year was great. Second year was good. Third year was a little bumpy. And so that's when I changed my pricing strategy after it got bumpy. And after the legal issues, I said, let's try something different. Let's charge low prices. And that way we can get people through the door. And then for more expensive services, like retainer type of stuff, online reputation management, SEO, et cetera, uh, I can charge a, a healthy amount. But still, you know, I want to stay as low as possible. So, so it switched from just charge as much as possible to, uh, to a low-cost strategy so that, so that one of my selling tactics is, look, you're only going to pay this much amount of money. No one's here in the United States is going to charge this amount. You know, it's, yeah. it's just so low. And just give us a chance. If it doesn't work out, you didn't lose much. If it does work out, then let's continue to work together. So let's say we're talking in five years from now. Where is your brand going to be? Where are you going to be? That's a, that's a good question. I, I haven't thought about what's going to happen in five years. But what I did tell you is I know that I'm going to continue to run and try to grow Christian media and marketing as best as I can. And then on the real estate side, continue to to grow. Those are my two uh, foci. Uh, it's Chris Media Marketing, Chris Capital. So buy more properties, get more coaching clients on the Chris Capital side, and then Chris Media Marketing. Continue to make our existing clientele happy and bring in new business by doing interviews like this or other marketing strategies. If I'm just I'll finish off with this question right here, I mean, I know you already threw the, the nugget out. If someone's looking to get into marketing, maybe even having their work on Fiverr or Upworks or one of those kind of platforms. Any other piece of advice that uh, that you might be able to offer, mindset, uh, finding the business, um, anything else? Yeah, well, first off, I'll, I'll share two or three things. First off is don't, don't hold off on it. Don't put it off. You want to act on it as soon as possible because the longer you put it off, the greater the likelihood that it's never going to get done. So if you're listening to this right now, go out get my in fact just go to my website narrationfisa.com get on my mailing list email me through there and i'll send you a free copy of my book it's like 200 something pages long and it's got a ton of valuable information that'll help you get started so that's the first thing it's get started now don't don't hold off on it and then the next thing after that i'd say is all the resources are available literally at your fingertips there's no excuse of you know, you're not in college anymore, or it's too expensive, or you don't have time. It's literally in, at your fingertips. So I'd recommend 
websites like Udemy. There are a lot of these free course websites like, like Udemy and like Coursera, uh, YouTube, Google. Uh, my favorite digital marketing newsletter is called Digital Marketer by Ryan Dice. And um, they got a free newsletter. There are bunches of podcasts. Just go to the Apple Podcast app or whatever podcasting platform you use and type in digital marketing and you'll find the, the best podcast for that. So th those would be my two urgent pieces of advice. Well, thank you, Naresh, for, for being on the Road to Wealth podcast. Uh, everyone listening, please subscribe, please share. Go on the show notes. You'll find Naresh's information. Go to his website and get his book. Um, thank you again, Naresh, for being here. Thank you. It's been a Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.